Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't know if you've noticed, but things in Palestine are crazy. And just last week, the U.S. Senate confirmed former Treasury Secretary Jack Lew as our nation's ambassador to Israel. And with conflict raging in that area of the world, you would understand, I'm sure, the importance and urgency in filling that role um, with the hopes that peace can be had. Right? That's the hope. That's the whole point of that God establishes government is to establish peace so that all may live in peace and quietness. Now, I bring this up not to go down a a political rabbit hole, um, which maybe I already did. So if you're gone, come back, because that's all we're going to say about that. Um, That's not why we're talking about it. We're talking about uh, what it means to be an ambassador. Okay. so in our government, I'm sure you know that an ambassador is the president's highest ranking representative to a specific nation or um, an international organization that is um, headquartered abroad. And so what kind of uh, what kind of qualifications are needed for an ambassador, right? I'm sure you can think of a lot, but boy, that's a big responsibility, right? You're thinking uh, organizational skills, uh, relational skills, leadership skills, human relations skills, all these things. Uh, they have a good reputation both externally and internally, right? And in today's culture... You probably also know that there's such a thing as um, brand ambassadors, okay, to promote product or service. So I, so I looked up an example of, uh, of, of brand ambassadors, and there's um, the Wings team for Red Bull. And they say, oh, they, they, uh, they, they do extreme lifestyles and they drink Red Bull while, while they're um, doing these things. And the only pictures I could find online was uh, women in shorts, short shorts um, going out and handing out Red Bull. That's what I found. But anyway, so what is a brand ambassador? Well, according to modern marketing, should be a celebrity, popular public figure, or social media influencer, influencer because they, see, can bring attention and notoriety to a company and its product. And then it says, while reflecting that company and product's values. Yeah. So there's different ways to understand ambassador, I suppose. But in today's reading from Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth, the apostle calls himself, I mean, really, he's calling himself um, the the royal we, uh, but he's really calling himself uh, an ambassador for Christ. And why is he calling himself that? Uh, Because an ambassador really needs to be all about uh, the one who sends that person to do and speak on their behalf, right? That, that is the commonality. So Paul is not to give other people false hope and ideas and opinions about what he thinks, but instead uh, speak the truth of God's word. Makes sense, right? And he's not to talk about himself and brag about himself, but he's supposed to talk about And proclaim what Christ has done. Because that's the gospel. That's the power of salvation for all who believe. And through the power of the gospel, uh, God is planting many churches. Including the church at Corinth. With Paul as an ambassador of sorts. Right? The apostolic ministry. He's one who is sent. But the thing is, is 
Paul is not just staying at Corinth, right? He's moving around. And so you have other people who come in and basically say, hey, these ideas that Paul's giving you, they're crazy. They're nuts. He's crazy. He's nuts. So they're trying to undo everything that Paul had done and lead members of the congregation away from the gospel uh, in Christ, right? Sins forgiven in Christ alone. Christ, uh, Christ suffered, died, rose again for the forgiveness. They're trying to undo all of that. And what they relied on to me sounds a lot more like uh, like brand marketing, right? Slick presentations, very concerned with outward appearances, superfluous things, right? To get so that they can get in there um, and influence others. Unlike earthly ambassadors, whether it's for a government or whether it's for a product or a company, Paul uh, isn't selling himself, really. Although, to an extent, I suppose he is. But he hasn't come to get rich or make a name for himself, or he's not angling for a promotion or anything like that. He's not trying to give the Corinthians something that they don't really need. Right? I don't really need Red Bull. Hopefully you don't. I don't really need it. He's trying to give them something that they truly do need. He's relating and and speaking to them about the greatest human need. And so out of care and concern, uh, he has written to the Corinthians again, right? It's 2 Corinthians, so it's the second letter that he sends to them. Um, And there's other, we can talk about, um, go down another rabbit hole, but we won't about how many letters, but... The second one, to remind them that because of sin, because of our sin, uh, the relationship between God and mankind has been, has been compromised, has been fractured. And God's solution to the problem is the only solution, right? So there's a lot of opinions on how this works and what happens, but God's solution to the problem is the only solution to the problem. And that is uh, God's unconditional love and forgiveness in Christ. That's it, Right? God wanted those in Corinth to receive this message and this reconciliation. And and as God's ambassador, as his apostle, as his sent one, Paul wanted the same thing. Right? Paul wanted the same thing. He wanted those in Corinth to receive reconciliation. Now, what is reconciliation? Reconciliation is an an understanding. It's a process, too, uh, that a relationship has been broken. An estrangement has happened. And like we said, this isn't on account of anything that God did. After the fall into sin, humanity became corrupted, totally corrupted. And by nature are sinful and unclean. And that's something that that we can't change um, on this side of heaven, on this side of eternity. We don't have the power in our works or in our identity to overturn it. Because of this sin, there's an estrangement. Between God and mankind. And we need to be brought near again. We need to be reconciled uh, in the language for today. Right? So it's kind of like this. You've probably seen this illustrated before. If you're trying to explain this to someone. That there's a great chasm. And we're on one side and God's on the other because of sin. And there's no way to get across. No, you're not going to be able to do it. You know, I, oh, I know. I can get across that with, with my mountain climbing skills. All right, this is just an illustration. It's not perfect. But because of sin, there is no way to get from one side to the other. None. 
We're on one side, God's on the other. Because of the chasm, we've been separated, obviously. And it's even more extreme than this. This is just an illustration. So God's perfect, we're not perfect. God's holy, we're not holy. Obviously, sinful and unclean. God is righteous, we are not righteous. Uh, God is the one who created you, who created us, uh, in His image. And we lost that image. And unfortunately, now are actively working many times against our against his design. At least our old Adam is, right? So it's a pretty dire situation. But Paul's message to the church in Corinth, and then by extension the church at large, is that the situation isn't hopeless. Far from it. Because God has done something about it. Right? So he says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. They're, they're one sent, um, apostles, to give word and sacrament ministry. Uh, God making his appeal through us. We implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled. And then he says, how? I was like, well, what do we do? And then that's the wrong question, right? They, I mean, I'm sure they're saying, well, what, what is to be done? And you can say, well, what do we do? The question is, what has God done? And so Paul answers that in verse 21. So we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Here's how it happens, 21. For our sake, he made him, that is Christ, to actually be sin. Right? Even though he committed no sin, he knew no sin, it wasn't part of who he was. He actually becomes sin. So that we might become the righteousness of God, right? It's this great exchange Where Christ gives us all of his good stuff and takes all of our bad stuff, right? Luther talks about this and the font of this, of course, is at baptism. But Jesus became sin for us, was punished as such to take all of that that sin brings upon himself. And he does take that upon himself and away from us. And because he's done that, because he's taken uh, those sins away and has paid for them and made them his own, then God declares us righteous, perfect, guiltless, not because of anything that we have done, but because of what Christ has done for us. And Paul wants the Corinthians to know that God has closed that chasm between us and him and Christ. It's completely obliterated, right? We can draw near. We're reconciled. And Paul says, you know, this this isn't, I didn't do it. Make no mistake, I didn't do it. I'm just the messenger. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting uh, their trespasses against them and entrusting to us Again, that's the royal us, the message of reconciliation. God has done all the work. He has done all the work needed for salvation. He has completely restored this relationship that that we have broken. And this is a free gift. Paul is just relaying the message. His appeal is God's appeal. He's simply an ambassador, right? So at the beginning, we said, well, what what are the qualifications for being an ambassador? What would those qualifications, an ambassador for, for Christ, for God? Holy cow. I mean, 
The qualifications for that surely are, are something higher than for the government or for Red Bull. Can you imagine that, the, the, being an ambassador for Christ? And Paul had some really impressive things on his resume. He did. But there's some red flags there. Blasphemer. Prosecutor. Insolent opponent. And guys, this isn't an outside assessment. This is Paul's own assessment. This is his words. But it wasn't his qualifications that that merited the Lord's call. God's love for him changed everything, right? He was formerly these things and then he became a supporter through what God did, through his conversion. So Paul puts it this way uh, to his letter to Timothy. Here's what he says. The grace of our Lord overflowed for me. I'm sure you can relate. The grace of our Lord overflowed for me. I hope you can relate. With the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. This is a trustworthy and des- a trustworthy saying and deserving of full acceptance. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst or the foremost. Right? Boy, it doesn't sound like a very good qualification uh, for an ambassador for Christ. At least by the world standards, right? But here's what he says. I received mercy. I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who are to believe in him for eternal life. Now, you might not, you're not going to be called as Paul, as Paul did. All right? Your vocation isn't going to be the same. But you received mercy for that same reason that Paul did, see? Did you ever think about that? Yes, of course that your, your sins might be forgiven. Of course that your sins by, might be forgiven. But you received mercy for that same reason that Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. There's people that you know, that I don't know, that you have a relationship with, that, are, that, is, that is unique to you, that needs to hear the gospel. Every single person. That Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. Right? I mean, my, my path to pastor took, took a couple of detours. And I, I just, I dragged my feet on it. And uh, my pastor said, well, what's the problem? What, what's wrong? What are you doing? And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm just not qualified. Right? I'm not good enough. And his response was, no one is good enough. We are all sinners and heirs of grace. And it was like, boom, right? Then, the, then, the, then it went off, right? The light bulb went off. God has qualified you to speak of mercy. He has qualified you to speak of, of saving grace. He's qualified you... Uh, for those things, uh, to talk about patience, uh, his love for you in Christ. Why? Because you've received those things fully and freely from God himself. God has made you a faithful participant in his mission because you are part of that mission yourself. You know, you didn't just end up in church on your own. 
Someone brought you. Someone. A parent, a friend, a co-worker, uh, a radio host, uh, someone who wrote a devotion. Someone somewhere shared the gospel with you and brought you to church. And in that church, God poured out his gifts through word and sacrament. And ultimately, then God called you. But you didn't arrive here on your own. God incorporated you. He incorporated you into his work of reconciliation by your baptism and continued his work through word and sacrament, strengthening you in what we call the means of grace, word and sacrament, baptism, Lord's Supper, the word. He has given you faith in Christ's death and resurrection and that the chains of death and sin on you are broken. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead gives promise to anyone who is in Christ, right? So this is the thing. Even though we're sinners, God sees us in Christ's righteousness. He has declared us righteous. He has given us that. He has imparted it to us. He forgives and restores each one of us for the purpose of our salvation, yes, but also uh, to love neighbor. And so the resurrection of Christ from the dead gives promise to anyone who is in Christ. The best way to love your neighbor is to tell them about Jesus. We've said this before. Because everyone who has faith in Jesus has eternal life. And everyone who has faith in Jesus has a new life. And these are not just gifts for you. This is the problem. See, we have to get past the idea that the church is about me and Jesus and that's it. Because the church doesn't revolve around us. It is all about Jesus who came to restore God's presence among the fallen creation. You might say, yes, I know this. Yes, but do you live it? And do you love your neighbor with this message? Because that's God's intention. Right? It's about Jesus to, to let people know that he has restored God's presence among the fallen creation. It's about Jesus who took, again, as we said, the sins of the world upon himself. It's about Jesus who has given us a perfect standing before God. And through the gospel works to bring his presence uh, and work to all people. He is reconciliation and he brings this reconciliation not just to you, but to the world. Paul doesn't write, therefore, if I am in Christ, I am a new creation, although that's true. Paul writes, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Paul doesn't write, in Christ, God was reconciling me to himself, although that's true. Not counting my trespasses against me, although that's true. He writes, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you have not been called in the same way that Paul has, right? As an apostle who is sent, um, one, to preach the word and administer the sacraments. But the life of a Christian, the new creation, is not meant to be lived in isolation. It's just not. Each one of us has been called, gathered, and enlightened by the Holy Spirit. And the reconciliation we have received is important for us, but it's important for the world. And as one who has received... God's gracious restoration as one who has experienced it firsthand. You know and you believe in the depths of his goodness. 
His love that knows no limits. And His grace that meets all human needs. So do what God has created you to do. And we do do what God has created us to do by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because of Jesus, God has made us. He has made you faithful participants in his mission. Thanks be to God for it. Amen. And may the peace which surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.